Hi there, and welcome back to Faith for Finances. This week, we are gonna talk about some experiences with poverty and prosperity. And my guest today is our neighbor. Um, this is Helmut Noel. Helmut is a pastor and he's a counselor. And I'm gonna let you tell a little bit about your background. But first of all, we're gonna share some experiences with poverty. We're gonna talk a little bit about God's supernatural provision. And then we're going to look at some creative possibilities for uh, that can come that God can bring forth as we reframe the whole concept of finances. And Helmut and his wife Carol participated in our first Faith for Finances Challenge program, and so he's going to share some of what came out of that. So, Helmut, okay. tell me your back. Tell them a little well, bit about your background here. Thanks, Sam. Um, first, a little bit of background. Uh, I grew up um, in a family in Calgary. My family were refugees. Mm -hmm. So, while I was not aware of it as a child, there was extreme poverty. Mm -hmm. I learned that later on in life. Yeah. Well, I grew up, finished school, went to Bible school, became a pastor, and. That was in 1978. And one of the shocks of the ministry was in rural churches, they often felt mm. that the pastor needed to be poor. Mm. Their motto was, Lord, you keep him humble, we'll keep him poor. And through those years, we found some very difficult things that happened. Besides being short of finances, at times it was very hard even to get the basics like food. Like I remember going to the food bank and being shamed like, well, you're a professional, you work full time, what do you need this for? They mm -hmm. didn't understand. Right. Well, you've it, shared some experiences too about uh, being the the brokest family in the community or something too, right? Yes. I remember you sharing some of that, yeah. Yeah, when we lived in the one town in Saskatchewan in Statistics Canada, they did their, their survey every few years. Mm -hmm. Our salary was the lowest in the community. It was less than on welfare. Right. Yeah. And yet it's interesting. We as humans are very resilient. Yeah. And it's amazing what we do to stay alive. Yeah. yeah. I became quite good at mechanicking my car. Yeah. And yeah. that saves a lot of money. Yeah. I started a bit of a computer business on the side, mm -hmm. which opened a lot of doors to talk to people. Yeah. And ironically, in rural Saskatchewan, I also started hunting. Yeah. Today, my boys tell me some of their best memories in their childhood were hunting with dad. Exactly. So this is really the foundation of where we tap into that creative entrepreneurial spirit mm -hmm. that the Holy Spirit gives to each of us for the purposes of producing wealth, whatever that happens to be. And so where on one hand, you're being told by your church leadership that you're supposed to be broke. That is a bit of a mindset. That, that not just within the church, but certainly lots of people have shame and, and judgments and expectations or like they're intimidated about finances. Would you say that's probably? Yeah. And yet, ironically, some of the people who believe that were very wealthy themselves. Yeah. Yeah. But I also yeah. saw people who had 
hundreds of thousands, if not more than a million dollars in the bank, not being able to sleep because of their lack of finances, anxiety. Yeah. So that was a whole different ball game. Right. And of course, Jesus does say money's not going to give you peace of mind. No, no. That's something God does. Sure. It's what happens when we take scripture out of context, yes. too, and we leave the whole, we leave, when we leave Jesus out of the financial discussion mm -hmm. and we start trying to do it on our own or just to pick, pick mm -hmm. based on our experience. Okay, so it didn't end that way, obviously, um, but that gave you a good foundation. So um, do you want to share the story about the supernatural provision and how you got your house and you know some of that sort of well, stuff? This is an awesome, it, awesome It really story. is. It. The first piece of it started in 1987, which was a few years ago. Yeah. And we were moved to a new church in Saskatchewan. And I told the district superintendent the next time we move, Carol and I want to move to BC. We want to buy a log house on the side of a mountain. Yeah, we'll show it. On after. an acreage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he told us, you're dreaming. Mm -hmm. That's not going to happen. Because at that point, there were no churches in our denomination that fit that. Yeah. Well, there was a denominational merger. And then early in 1994, the time came for us that I resigned from the church and we wanted to move. Yeah. I didn't know what to do. I applied for a computer job, for a job at a funeral home, mm -hmm. even for a job at a computer school, and I think even a tr woman's shelter. Yeah. I was desperate for a job because I knew this one was ending. Yeah. And then at the beginning, end of May, we got two letters from two churches. That was in the days where there was no email. And they invited <laughs> us to come and candidate. Yeah. So on June the 7th, we candidated, or 5th it was, in northern Alberta, mm -hmm. June the 12th here in Lumbee. Yeah. And then we were given a choice, and we talked about it with our children, mm -hmm. and the children decided this in place in Lumbee was the best place. It was the log home on the side of the mountain, mm -hmm. and the younger boys decided... The real selling point for them was the tree fort in the backyard. Because yeah. <laughs> so, that's the way children see the world. Sure. But the problem was we applied for a mortgage. We had never had a bank loan. Mm -hmm. The bank just laughed at us. Our finances were too low. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But they said, mm -hmm. we can go ahead and buy the house if we can come up with a 25% down payment. Perfect. Yeah. We went into prayer. The church here in Lumbee went into prayer. And in a matter of a little bit more than 24 hours, we got an interest-free loan for 10000 And we got various gifts mm -hmm. from people, yeah. random people. A deal to buy a trailer fell through, so mom and dad gave us that money. And literally, within $50, we had the down payment. Yeah. We called the bank, and the bank said, let's go for it. Yeah. July the 1st, five weeks after we didn't know what we were going to do, yeah. we signed the papers for this house. So that was July the 1st, 1994. And, you're still and there. we've lived there for 25 and a half years. Yeah, see, it's being willing to dream, first of all. Joe and I have a similar experience with our last home. It seemed absolutely impossible, but we were living a few blocks from where our previous house had been and we had um, a bad credit from a circumstance there, and we had no money down, and it was a hot real estate market, and everybody said, well, no, it can't be done. But we just said, well, we're not staying here. And so you, you, we described our home, we've shared this with you, mm -hmm. and then we went out and we looked. 
And we looked and we looked and we looked, and our situation was a little bit different because we were not connected to the church in that regard, and God provided a way where we, he led us to a home that was below market value, and then a whole bunch of lending and things put it together, and there you go. But it was being willing to, first of all, dream, and then to mm-hmm. share that dream, even when people say, it can't be done. It's interesting, many times God puts us something in our heart, and we share it, and people say, oh, you're just dreaming. It's yeah. your imagination that will never happen. Yeah. We need to listen to some of those things that come up and again and again, mm-hmm. and God will go ahead and bring some things together that yeah. we didn't see coming. Sure, because we, we walk by faith, not mm-hmm. by sight. So this whole program is about faith for finances. So let's talk about then what happened when you and Carol did the 30-day faith for finances challenge and some of the things that you came up against there. Well, it, it was interesting. We had done finances stuff, which is more about budgeting. Yeah. And of course, that has its place, like balancing your bank account and making sure that you can not buy things that you can't pay for and get yourself into trouble. We live in a world like that. Yes, we do. Yeah. But what happened is, I think there was two parts. You did the one evening course that we yeah. had here. Yeah. And we were supposed to dream and talk about what we were doing. And yeah. we both had to draw a picture and put it together. Yeah. And oh, the, the financial intimacy. Yes, yeah. that one first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what Carol and I found is that our dreams for another mm-hmm. home, for future ministry, yeah. um, retirement, mm-hmm. those values were very, very close. Mm, and we had never talked about that before Interesting. in such a concrete way. Sure, yeah. Then when we did the actual Faith for Finances uh, once a week, mm-hmm. we started talking about, well, what can we do different? Like, mm. I think the word we really liked is being an entrepreneur. Yeah. Thinking outside the box. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the world around us, the people who thought outside of the box mm-hmm. changed the world. Like who invented computers or shopping on Amazon, sure. that was all out of the box that people said would never work. Yeah, people say it would never work. Yeah. Right, the naysayers, yeah. So what happened is, I'm a professional counselor. I went back to school after I left the ministry in 2001. I'm certified. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking about doing private counseling. People wanted to see me on the outside. They yeah. wanted to get in right away, and they were willing to pay. Mm-hmm. Well. The church we were attending in Vernon allowed me to borrow an office, but I noticed clients were a little bit nervous about going to a church. Mm-hmm. Some of them were from that church, and they didn't want to be seen coming to a counselor. Yeah. <laughs> sure. And others yeah. just didn't feel comfortable going to a church. Yeah, fair enough. So as we were taking this course, I started making some phone calls, mm-hmm. and one of them was to a, a friend who I had mentored when she was younger as a counselor. Yeah. And she said, yes, I have some office space to rent. Mm -hmm. So we started with that. And I've been doing that for almost a year. Now things changed and another counselor moved out. And there was a bigger office available. So Carol and I talked about it. And it was easily, it was double the money. Mm -hmm. But we thought again, no, it's a better setting than I can have access all week long. It's mine. Mm -hmm. And we went ahead and jumped for it. Yeah. 
Then I found out three days before I was supposed to take possession, it didn't include any furniture. Oh, <laughs> minor detail. Yeah. 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 So anyway, this morning we borrowed your husband's truck, yeah. went into Vernon, Borrow went to a secondhand community. furniture shop, and found everything we needed. There you go. A little bit less than the budget we yeah. had set. So I remember that before the, that program, even before the financial intimacy and before Faith for Finances, just being kind of a bit unsure about your employment situation um, mm -hmm. and just really wanting to not spend any money. Mm -hmm. And then the flip was to actually spend a little bit of money. And I also remember you saying that now you're, well, you're, A, you're excited about the future, you're not nervous about your employment, and that you're making as much money in, as a, in a day as you were in a week. Is that yeah. right? Is that With the private counseling, I, I do that, yeah. yeah. While it's not full-time, I've got the other. But even though I officially, um, I'm 67, I get some pension, right now actually our income is higher than it's ever been in our life. Yeah, that's amazing, right? So yeah. when you think about that. So um, some lessons about how this has kind of come full circle from that uh, you're a pastor, you need to be uh, broke, or you need to be kept poor because that keeps you humble, something to that effect, whatever that lesson was. And then the supernatural provision and still kind of being, I don't know, anxious, not anxious, that's not the right word, but, but uncertain about your financial future. How, how do you see things now, or how, how has this come full circle? Well, I, I think part of it there's always an uncertainness about the future. That's just yeah. the way it is. Um, what it's meant for us is going back and being reminded of what God did in the past mm -hmm. to take care of the next step. Oh, man. Yeah, We're at awesome. a certain place in our life where there are changes. A big one is... Um, at this age, I get more tired than I get 10 years ago. Sure. That's a normal process yeah. of aging. Plus, we have five awesome grandchildren, and we both want to spend more time with them. Sure. And right. work interferes with that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> work sure. interferes so with now, a lot of things now you, have, now you have a bit more flexibility yes, in your yes. time. So, so would you say that this has been a, a slow process, or has it been kind of a, a bit of an unlocking um, as you kind of start to have these conversations? Because you guys both had to be on the same page um, in order to make these kinds of decisions, in order to move, in order to, you know, when are you going to leave work now? It, it, it's both, Sam. I think the real benefit of the course we took with you, because there were homework assignments, it got people to talk. Uh. And that's what we did. We talked with each other mm. about things we've never talked about. Yeah, perfect. Which is, when I think of it as a marriage counselor, that's what I do. Yeah. I give people things to talk about because a lot of couples never do that. Right. They don't talk about the important things in life. Right, right. It's true. We're not ta we are taught to do money on our own. Mm -hmm. And then we are taught to look at the finances that we can see or that we think we can see. So there, that means we bring in perception mm -hmm. and judgment and past experiences and beliefs. And in a married couple situation, we all come to the marriage with our own mm -hmm. different um, backgrounds. And so somehow we're expected to work this stuff out. And if money is the number one caused site of divorce, mm -hmm. then it also presents the number one opportunity to come together. But what does the enemy not want us to do? 
Of course. So yeah. Now I know I'm going to introduce this now. Okay, you do okay. that. Um, as a result of the faith for finances and starting to to think differently. So there's the the moving out and doing some independent work mm -hmm. on your own. There's now more flexibility and more hope, really, mm -hmm. because you've got that finances are mm -hmm. kind of taken care of. But the small things repeated consistently produce the biggest results in the shortest amount of time. And the working together in community. So Helmut and Carol mentioned in that program or somewhere along the line that one of the desires that came forth that they had maybe thought they'd do later or maybe sometime, maybe never, was to write a devotional. Mm -hmm. And so they started with Faith for Finance, with, as a result of the Faith for Finances, I asked them if they would write some of their experiences. So the first 12, the first 12 devotions are in this book that is available on the website and uh, it will be available in print very soon. It's called Quiet Moments Together. And it's a picture of their log cabin. And it's the two of them reflections on faith and finances as a married couple. And so this is a small thing, but it's in community. So it's now part of a faith for finances bundle. So it's now available for other people. And so there's a little tiny seed that something that came forth um, that through this whole you can't do this and you can't do that mm -hmm. to you can do this and you can't and the overflow so I'm really really excited about this and yeah Sam and I'm excited that you challenge us to do this because the devotional thing that book that we're writing is a, on a bigger volume but what this did it, it allowed us to learn how to work together because mm -hmm. what we did is first we sat down and we did an outline of mm -hmm. what the th themes for each devotional. Mm -hmm. Then I did the writing, mm -hmm. and then Carol does the editing. Yep. Because she's very good at that. I'm creative at writing. Yep. And then we would go through it again, mm -hmm. chop it up, switch it around. And we would do this about five or six times, which good writing does. Yeah. And I knew, use that as an example mm -hmm. in the couples group I teach of how a couple who is very different yeah. needs those differences for strength. Sure. Because when we combine them, yeah. instead of fighting about our differences, we can melt them together or weld them together, and all of a sudden you can become a formidable team. Sure, sure. Well, and then you get together with your neighbors, and yes. one neighbor takes the picture of the house, and the other one puts it together, and then packages it all in a bundle. And like it's multiplying, and it's getting together, and it's being being willing to share your dreams and not just looking at what you have available in the natural, but what God's put in your heart. Mm -hmm. it, and, and then using that foundation because you've got all that creative experience of putting the food on the table in the past and now you've taken that creative background and you've kind of got rid of the, the financial limitations mm -hmm. because this becomes unlimited and overflowing in blessing to other people, you got rid of all of that. Yeah, it is a big change. And, and I think the part that you mentioned about how we've worked together on this is a good picture of the body of Christ, too, because it very much says there's so many different spiritual gifts. We're one body, one member. Yeah. And we need each other. Mm -hmm. And as we work together, 
in a church or in a group of families, in a small group, in a larger church, in the yeah, church sure. yeah. right across the world, which has mm-hmm. a billion members or more, yeah. we can become very strong and formidable. It's sure. no longer about just me or you yeah. or one other person. It's about being joined to Christ. Sure. And then the church is unconquerable. Oh, amen. Amen. Yeah. I mean, Faith for Finances is really about unlocking that entrepreneurial spirit in order to fund the kingdom. And even the program itself is providing opportunities to fund ministries mm-hmm. and, and needs and to get the gospel message out there. The gospel message is Jesus cares about every area of your life and that we are the body. Collectively, we triumph. As the community prospers, so do you is a key theme of everything that I do in the money-minding um, ministry, is helping to, to recognize that we actually do have that ability to produce the whatever resources are necessary at the time. It's that we have the mind of Christ. So does that mean that we can only do what we can see with the money that's in our hands? or that we think that we're going to get because somebody else is providing us a paycheck or what our, our investments are going to grow to or you know, what the bank will give us for a loan? No, absolutely not. You experience that with the supernatural provision mm-hmm. of the house here. And even you also experience the naysayers. Mm-hmm. You're dreaming. You're dreaming. We, we got that in our house situation. We talked to four mortgage brokers, or six mortgage brokers. Four of them said, yeah, no, I don't think so, whatever. Move away and then come back five <laughs> years later. Two said, maybe. And one of them actually made it happen. And had we listened to the naysayer that said, move away and come back in five years, never would have happened because it was such a hot real estate market. If you're, chasing, you're chasing an investment and you're missing what's already right there. It's that seed. So now, now we have a seed that can bless other couples, that bring other couples together and to have them have that, that dialogue. So is there anything else that you... Um, that you want to share on that? Uh, I think what I've really learned through this Faith for Finances, Sam, is there are so many different components to ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, this is your passion. Me as a counselor, I work a lot with couples mm-hmm. whose relationships are fractured. My other part that I do is I work with survivors of trauma, especially mm-hmm. sexual abuse. Yeah. and. Some of us are called by God to walk into the darkness, where that darkness is the financial stuff that goes on in people's lives, or the trauma, the memory, whatever. And God calls us, and each of these pieces fit into what God wants the church to do. Mm. It's unique. Everybody's story is unique. Right. We want to increase. We want to provide that new Mm -hmm. hope because if all we can say is go to school, get a good education so you can get a job working in minimum wage and then work, 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 work so you can accumulate a big pot of gold so that eventually you can live off of it and hope you have enough, right there we fuel that anxiety, we feel that scarcity and we start managing money. We start living to manage money and to live with underneath that creative power of mm-hmm. God to work within us mm-hmm. to unlock the opportunities. And that's what we want to share. So thank you for saying that because Jesus wants every area of our life and walking by faith, not by sight, doesn't mean that we walk by, by faith in, in terms of the money that we can see. But when you look at church history or even the Bible, mm-hmm. the people that stick out are the people that 
have taken the risk mm -hmm. and done something out of the box. Yeah. And that's what they're noted for. Like even that story in the Bible where it was Peter that stepped out of the boat and started walking on water. Yeah, he sank in and Jesus fell, pulled him out. But we wouldn't have that story if he wouldn't have taken that risk. Sure. Well, and what's risk, right? It's, it's a yeah. real subjective thing because risk is what we perceive risk to be. I mean, some people are going to perceive that um, investing in a, a stock is a risky thing to do. Other people that are knowledgeable on how the stock market works and how businesses function and economic cycles, they're going to perceive that investing in a, what the bank calls a guaranteed investment is like no way, way too risky. They would never put their money there. It's subjective. And well, I, I know that um, one of our close family members, when he passed away, his money was in a sock under the mattress, literally. Mm -hmm. when it could have been collecting good interest in the 1980s in the bank. Sure, well that leads us into the whole concept of the parable of the talents and the yeah. parable of the minas. And I love that it's called a talent. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Time, talent, and treasure. Um, but the um, burying it in the ground, why? Because people are afraid. We talked yeah, about- fear, fear, that's the big it's thing. It's all about fear. And what are we afraid of? And, and why are we afraid of, of those kinds of things? But the whole thing started with the master loaned the servants the money and told them to go and multiply it and to produce it and to to produce wealth god gives us the power to produce wealth whatever that happens to be to to fulfill the plans and purposes that he had has for each of us to confirm the covenant that he made with our ancestors and confirmed with the shed blood of his son i mean there's just so much in there and it doesn't have to be that everybody's expected to go out and live in a big mansion and and have a big worldwide ministry you know just having enough money to be able to live your life and teach those lessons to your kids and have your kids come full circle and to be able to bless other people with something mm -hmm. like this it's amazing it's just yeah. giving yourself the freedom to do it yeah I think that's a big thing is like with, with the talents God gives us so much and it comes in the nature of our opportunities it comes in the nature of our natural abilities, our spiritual gifts. And the lines between all these things are quite fuzzy of at course, times. Yeah. We, I believe, are given more mm -hmm. than we'll ever use. Mm -hmm. And yet so many of us are afraid to try out the new tools that God's given us. Yeah. And I think it's interesting, as Carol and I took this course together, it got us to talk about things we hadn't talked about. And we have a very good marriage. We talk about everything. Mm -hmm. We thought we did. Yeah. But you gave us some new topics to talk about. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. the other thing is, it helped us to see the world differently. Ah, perfect. And yeah, I think that's, if we can get people to do that, yeah. we are giving them a gift. Yeah. Just getting them to think out of the box, talk ah. out of the box, and mm. you put the seeds there. It may take a while for it to sprout, and all of a sudden they say, seeds. oh, this is what I need to be doing. Yeah, yeah. It's the small things repeated consistently again. It's that faith, as small as a mustard seed. But we'd be willing to look at finances on a day-to-day -day basis in every small transaction, whether it's a buck or, you know, uh, one of our money-minding ambassadors calls it the bridge between $10 and $10 million. And it's what happens on a day-to-day -day basis. It's our biggest opportunity to bring Jesus right into that area of our life that we've typically left him out of. So this is uh, 
faithforfinances.com is where you can take that 30 day challenge mm -hmm. um, where you can in there's the devotion a whole bunch of other supportive materials for the journey and it's a challenge and it's a challenge because it's really 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 simple but it's not easy and the reason it's not easy is because when you actually start answering the questions you're like oh I don't know how much money I'd really like or I don't know why I'd like that or am I ready to actually explore more because we've we viewed that as risky because it's it's, uh, it can be painful to dream and then not see how you're going to get there. See, the questions are not simple yes-no questions. They're yeah. not multiple choice. Yeah. They're open-ended that cause us to think. Sure. So where's God in that picture? Yeah. So um, this is Faith for Finances. This is my, my dear friend, Helmut Noel. And, um, you know, just try it. Try it. Be willing to risk looking at finances from a fresh perspective be willing to open it up and just take a step because who knows maybe there's some beautiful gift that will overflow to bless you bless others and give all glory to God well see you next week God thank bless you. thank you Helmet. thank you thank you Sam for inviting me